0: Welcome to another episode of Boss Mama's Mindset. I'm your host Laura Katanen, CEO and founder of Zello Studio, business and mindset coaching for boss mamas in order to ignite your passions, expand your mind, and elevate your business and life. The goal of this podcast is to get real on topics that make us a little uncomfortable, so we can get smarter and more aligned with what is in our minds and souls to have thriving businesses. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and please don't forget, leave us a rating and a comment so that we can know exactly what you loved and resonated with the most. Hello, Boss Mamas. Welcome back to another Boss Mamas Mindset episode. I am just so extremely excited about today's guest. We met in Soul Society. What seems like forever ago. And since then, Amy Barsky and I have become very close and she is super inspiring to me somebody that I have just felt a huge connection with and she just supported yellow daily, which is our 30 day dose of wellness for boss mamas. With amazing breath work and we'll talk all about that. But first, let me introduce who Amy is. She is a freedom coach. She helps ambitious women shift from having suppressed emotions and feeling unworthy to having more of a clear path, one filled with love, joy, and success. She does this using her unique method known as the shift, and she also does one-on-one coaching. Welcome,
1: Amy. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me. Good to see you and hear you. Um, I miss you in the States here. Oh, you'll have
0: to come visit in Europe, in Amsterdam. We would love to have you. Absolutely, (laughs) a hundred percent. Please help us understand more about Amy. I would love for you to tell my audience a little bit about how you came up with the shift method and what did you have to go through in order to get to where you're at
1: today? (sighs) Thank you. Uh, So, you know, we're all on our unique journeys. We really are. Our soul is on this journey and our soul calls for us to be to, to to evolve, to grow, to expand. And our ego loves to. Its job is to keep us safe, right? To, this is what you know. This is this is what's comfortable because it's something you've grown up in your environment, your circumstance, your your situation, your religion, your family, your all the things that you learn as a child. And sometimes what we learn then is a great. Um, mechanism to either a keep us safe or help us understand things and so often as our souls evolving those uh, mechanisms or those particular beliefs no longer serve us in our adult life and so many of us are uh, including myself are thinking in that old way of, of you know uh, limiting beliefs of I'm not worthy or I need to protect myself or I don't feel safe or I can't trust anyone and so as our soul evolves Our soul is calling us to our highest intelligence. Our soul is calling us to our greatness, to our light. And there's a conflict there because our ego wants to keep us safe and our soul wants us to grow. And so for myself, I was actually in a relationship that was toxic, but I didn't quite understand it because it was very familiar from my childhood relationships from how I was grown up, you know, how I grew up with my family, my parents, which was actually very uh, unemotionally stable, like there's no emotional like connection with family, like nurturing and things like that. There was um, a lot of yelling and that's the way we communicated or that's what I understood of how to communicate and there was actual physical abuse there as well. So thinking that like, this is the way relationships function. I went into my adult life seeking that type of security, even though you hear it now, I'm like, well, that's not safe. Right. But that was familiar. And so I found myself in a a pretty toxic relationship. And also at an age in my early thirties going, well, these are the things that are supposed to make me happy. Because society says, if you're married and if you have have a job and if you have a car and if you have all the blingy things that you'll be happy like this is happy this is what happiness looks like and so when my brother passed away at a very early age at 31 it was a shock and i was in such a such a disarray in my mind of like what is life about and why aren't i happy and what do i need to do to create this and so i was asking questions to to myself to god to universe of like what's next and i thought well if i do these things get married um, have the home, have the car, all the thing, you know, the safe job, then I would be happy. So I took those, I took that avenue. And I found myself um, in, in an even more toxic relationship because I thought the marriage would actually help us. I was like, oh, this will fix things. You know, people say if I get engaged, it'll fix things. If I get married, if I have a baby. Ladies, not true. <laughs> it does not work that way. But for some reason, I'm you know, we want to fix things. We want things to be the best. And, and I think women in general, and I will definitely be, speak for myself, is we, we hang in there to the bitter end. We want to do everything we can. We want to exhaust all of our resources because, you know, we made a commitment or because I love him or all the things. And what my point is, I looked externally i my external landscape was beautiful i had a home on the water i looked at the mountains i saw the sun i was by the beach i it looked stunning i was in a marriage i had a safe job even though it was unfulfilling and but my heart internally my internal landscape was literally crumbling to pieces i had severe anxiety i was struggling with depression i was on a such, such uncertainty path in my mind of like, who do I want to be in this world and all of the things. And, and so there came a point, you know, there's generally, I feel not one thing that breaks the camel's back, but the the series of things that finally says, okay, we're done. And so there came a point where I, it was a Tuesday in June. I'll never forget it in 2012. And I crumbled on my living room floor in such a a depression and, and, and just anxiety. I couldn't catch my breath. My heart was pounding. My throat was closed up and I just sobbed like uncontrollably sobbed. I said, what am I doing with my life? And we had been through therapy. We'd been through counseling and, and it just, nothing, nothing was changing. It was like, we were stuck on this hamster wheel over and over. And I said, well, I, I have, I get to choose. Do I want this life or do I want to make, Do I want to create something that's fulfilling and loving and, and, um, and, you know, thriving because that's what we deserve as humans. And I didn't quite understand it at the time, but I knew if I stayed there, I wouldn't ever walk away. Like that was the day that was the breaking day of like, look, put on your big girl pants and make a choice. And so I chose probably the hardest thing I've ever chose, like the hardest decision I've ever made was to pack my bags and leave. So I took all my basic necessities And I stepped away. I left everything I knew. I even left my job. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I had like a a safe job where, you know, okay, great. You know, you have what you need. And so I left everything. I I took everything I knew as feeling safe. And I said, I have got to recreate myself. I've got to start over. And so I stayed on a friend's couch for a while and kind of got my feet, you know, got back on my feet. And what I, this was the thing. And I didn't know this. I was kind of sort of into my personal journey already of like self-development, but I was, it was the very beginning stages. And so that, like one of the initial times i said yes to myself first and because so often as women we say yes to everything else and we forget to fill up our own cup and make sure that we are so full that it comes from overflow versus lack and that's what i saw in myself i was like wow i'm so empty right now so i took time and i filled up my own cup and what i recognized looking back now is i took my past of you know emotional neglect in childhood um, I actually suppressed um, sexual trauma for over two decades. I know, I'd completely deleted it from my mindset, but I didn't know it was still lingering in my body. And I'll, this is where breath work came in and, and made that shift. So anyway, I walked away and I recognized that I was taking my past trauma and bringing it to my present life because I was living in the same mindset. I'm not safe. I don't trust people. So my triggers, my wounds kept coming up that were never healed to begin with. So how could I possibly create a healthy relationship when I'm living in an old mindset? You know, and so I'm recognizing that and working with trauma coaches and and healing that part of myself, that inner child that was really wounded and feeling broken and all of the things to reset my mind, to reclaim my power and heal my wounds, heal my heart space and speak up for myself. And, and connect to a healthy mindset and connect to a clear vision of who i want to be in this world and how i need to embody that woman now to let her thrive inside of me in this present day so breath work for me was one of those transitions to acknowledge this sexual trauma that happened and see where it was lingering my body and it was actually physical physical pain in my left hip my left ovary like that's where it showed up physically for me and so these past few years i've been healing that and going through this process. And it's been really incredible to acknowledge how powerful our minds truly are and how much we get to truly decide and to recognize like when you have the skill sets, the tools, the techniques that I learned from my coaches, which I now pass down to my clients, you know, that this is how we can go about overcoming this stress, this overwhelm, this anxiety and depression, because that's all coming from suppressed stuff suppressed emotions, past pain, heartbreak, trauma. Like trauma is, is not just um, the severity of a rape or a murder or a car accident or war, it's bullying on the playground, it's divorces, it's communication, it's, it's the things that we don't really recognize as a trauma. And we label it, you know, we do call it that. I, um, and it really is because it's plugging in a system in your mind that creates this this ripple effect into your entire life, so that was my experience with my initial breath work um, uh, coming into my world, and I was like, "Whoa, this modality is so powerful! It's um, it's LSD without the drug, right? It's the <laughs> drug, the drug. Wow. and that's what's so powerful about breath work because we can oxygenate our bodies, mm-hmm. and to to a specific um need or desire
0: Mm
1: to say i want to work on this this is what i'm my intention is now in this session of breath work to do to feel xyz to cleanse xyz you know and so you can go in there and because Many of you, you know, came to the breathwork session and you felt it, you felt the tingling in your hands and how it moves everything to the center, to your midline, which is your spine, which is where your, all your auras are existing, right? Your chakras. Your chakras exist and as they get cleared, you feel this new sensation. So all the oxygen stems into the spine and then shoots up to the brain. And it feeds this, it energizes it, you know? And so that's where you get to clear out. And I got to heal my brother's death through breath work, I had no idea I was suppressing these things. I'd never actually, he, I never dealt with it. Like I never really got angry or cried. I was like, oh, okay, this is a part of life. And I was helping my family and soothing them, but I never went through my process.
0: Yeah.
1: So. You know, it's so
0: fascinating because oftentimes you know, I've been doing business coaching for a very long time, but a lot of the coaching would turn into even when I worked in corporate, it would turn into psychological coaching, mindset coaching, and a lot of the times what we don't realize, and and I think that's the what you're describing. And there's a couple of things I want to pull out. The first is. Um, I know so many women that can relate to, I mean, even Elizabeth Gilbert writes about it in Eat, Pray, Love, that moment where you just break down and you're on the floor and you just know, you're like, I can't do this anymore. It's just not what I was meant to be here for. And I really, really encourage anyone listening that if you're at that point, it's important to listen and do something about it and make the right steps to follow your heart That's number one. I think number two, what you pulled out and what often is so important is to find gratitude in the dark moments that we go through because it turns into your passions and your purpose and the things that you're gonna be so, you know, it's your burning platform for what you wanna do and what you wanna achieve to make sure other people don't have to go through that or experience that. And that's what's so beautiful, what I hear from you is not only to, am I able to heal myself but I'm also then able to turn that into what I can now help and enable in my clients and that's how your shift method came about and then your passion for breath work which is just amazing so you were able through breath work to figure out that your left your left ovaries were where you were storing that pain and that trauma is that correct
1: it's sort of, yes. Um, well, I was, um, you know, before I was a coach, I was in the, um, I guess, health and wellness field of teaching yoga and Pilates and hit classes. And I was very physically active. So in my logical mind, I was like, oh, I exercise too much. I did something when I was, I don't know, doing ab crunches or whatever, a leg lift, something. And that, so that was my logic. And so as I started to, so I went to the doctor, got an MRI, and there was a big, like a ball of liquid in my hip. That's what, they, that, that's what came up on the MRI. And they said, okay, you need to stop teaching. And I said, okay, you're crazy. This is the way I make my living. Well, how do you expect me to do that? You know? And, and they're like, well, you know, whatever, like, don't do it, be less active, like physically active. And so I, I took into consideration what they said, I did the best I could. And then there was a point where Uh, it, it subsided a little bit and then it, and I wasn't doing any movement and it came back and I was like, I'm not doing anything. Why is this back? Right. And then, so looking into the understanding of where we hold it in our body and the semantics, like, you know, somatics of, of these chronic things that come and go and come and go. If something's persisting, there's something there that we are resisting. And I wasn't willing to understand it yet because maybe perhaps my, I wasn't ready. I, you know, we, I'm not, are we ever ready? No, but I, I, my, my ego wasn't ready maybe. And all it just, it was what it was. This is what happened. I started dating somebody and uh, I had flashbacks of my sexual trauma and I had suppressed it for years. I, and I was, I had, yeah. And so all the suppression, I deleted it from my mind, but my body's like, you need to deal with this. You need to deal with this. And so I started getting mental flashbacks. And so in that relationship with this man, I got to take a look at that. I was in my personal journey already. So I understood, I was like, okay, this needs to be handled. And so I went and I did more trauma work around that, around that specific instance, because we need to get a handle on all of our trauma which is like for me it was like i was bullied in the playground i was emotionally um neglected as a child i had verbal abuse in my family i had physical abuse in my family i have done with all i dealt with all of those traumas in each of the sessions with my coach but i never looked at the sexual abuse i never looked at my sexual trauma because i didn't remember it like technically i deleted it from my mind so when universe hands us what we want, you know, the universe is like, hi, you're not dealing with this, I'm gonna show you. Like, I'm gonna give it to you, you know? What we don't wanna do for ourselves, the universe will do for us. <laughs> and so I had to go and take a look inside there. And one of the ways it came up was, was doing breath work and having these flashbacks and, and giving myself the tools to send energy into that area of my body, to move through that experience in my mind and, and um, accept it. Not accept, you know, when we forgive and, we, and we, we want to forgive, I really encourage my clients and myself, forgiveness is not about, ex- um, about saying what you did, whoever hurt you or the situation that hurt you. It's not the acceptance of that. It's the decision to del- deliberately decide to um, extract yourself from that dynamic in your mindset. It's not that I agree that what was done, I don't agree with what happened, but I'm deciding to remove myself from the dynamic of that experience, that it was an experience and it doesn't define me. It's not my identity. And so, so
0: that's very interesting. So through breath work, you're able to make that shift? Like you're, you're able to sort of like reset in a
1: way or? You can choose to, yeah. But when you're in it, because when I, when I guide my sessions and my clients through breath work, we go specifically, I, 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 give them an opportunity, go into your inner child and take a look around, see what's there, go into forgiveness. Is there someone you're holding rage and anger against, see them and go into that space of softening. And it doesn't mean you accept what they did, but you accept that you get to choose to remove yourself from the dynamic of that lingering in you mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. So what have
0: you been doing the most breath work on in 2020? It seems like everybody I talked to has had a huge amount of mindset work to do in 2020.
1: What has been yours? Hmm. Thank you for asking. And uh, I would have to say, overall, keeping my why, why am I here? and what is what is my intention in this lifetime very present because most of my life i've also with depression comes suicidal thoughts of like you know what i'm we just want to quit when you're in that state of mind you're just like i just want to quit i want to quit everything what is the easiest way to quit that right and so when those thoughts come up quickly flip with my tools with my breath work with my the things that I've learned from coaching and and all of that flip the switch make that shift as quickly as you can get out of your mindset and the biggest thing for myself was get support get support if I did not have the support I have from my coaches my communities you know incredible women in my life I already know that I would be down a, a rabbit hole right and so reminding ourselves, myself, I am not alone. I am not alone in this at all, especially in this situation. This isn't, isn't, sometimes when we're in our shit and we're just like swirling, we truly believe, I truly believed I was so alone in my initial states of like depression and anxiety. I was like, no one else understands me, not true. And now in pandemic where the entire globe is going through the, the similar things, we understand, on a global scale that we are not alone. So if you're feeling any of the things that I've been talking about and Laura's been sharing, please know that you're not alone and you don't have to do this alone. And you have a choice, you have a voice, ask for support.
0: It's so important, especially now with Mental Health Awareness Month, that people really, I think we need to stop the stigma around what does mental health mean? And that it's it's not a disorder. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with us, that every single one of us is, is dealing with mental health. And we all benefit from getting the right support and knowing that we have the power to overrule <laughs> those negative thoughts, those limiting thoughts and so forth. What would be one really quick and easy breath work that you could give to my audience right now that would be something they could tap into at any given moment. Is there something that would be sort of a
1: quick and easy tool that they could use? I think one of the easiest is it's it's a it's pretty popular. It's called the box breath. And so imagine a box has four sides put together so it looks like a square. So in your mind you would inhale for four counts, right? You would hold the breath for four counts as you create the line to the next part of the box. You would exhale for four counts, which creates the third part. And then you would hold the breath again for four counts. So you would inhale one, two, three, four, suspend and hold the breath gentle and softly for three, four, exhale out for two, three, four, suspend for one, two, three, four. And you would repeat that for about I would say at least a minute, and this is an easy one because say you're in, say you're about to do um, a speech at a conference or something, or, or you're really like angry at your child, <laughs> right? Or you're really angry at your child or whatever it is. Like you can take that and just pause for a moment and just like, it takes it. You don't have to sit down and close your eyes and like the sage and do all the things like you can just do it in your car and you're driving in traffic and you're like get out of my!" you know okay you're, you know what i mean like you can do it anywhere you know you can pr- it's really right you can do it with your kids as well and you can make a game out of it with your kids hey let's count to I four that. i i like
0: the box because it's very visual and kids especially yeah. my son who's learning shapes you know we've been practicing mm-hmm. a lot of mindfulness together every night we do a little ritual which is with stones and we rub it and then we I have him repeat, I am love, I am loved, I am lovable, and he just loves this, but the breath work has been an ongoing thing with him. I think this particular one might be more fun for him because he gets to envision that square at the box, you know. Um, But it's so important in parenting, and you mentioned something in the beginning, which is about coming from a lineage of, of yelling, right? And I have that same thing. And it's so hard to break it. You know it's not right. Wait till you have kids, Amy. You know it's not right. And you know that it doesn't produce good results. But in the heat of the moment, it's like so many moms I talk to, we feel guilty. Oh, I raised my voice. Oh, you know. And that's why it's so important, like you said, to have community, because we all need to support one another and know that we're going to have our moments. And what are the tools? And the box breath is is a great tool. I mean, the other day I had to do something very similar because my son was driving me AWOL. And I was like, I'm gonna blow if I don't sit. I sat in the corner and I just turned my back and started breathing and he comes over and touches my shoulder and he's like, are you okay, mommy? And I was like, mommy's okay. I just need to center myself because I don't want to do, I don't want to react in a way that, I, that I'm not gonna be happy with and that's gonna make you feel bad. And it was a moment we had together, you know? So any, I mean, I just really love what you're doing and what you're teaching because more moms need tools like this, Amy. We, we need these tools to, to really take care of ourselves and not react, you know? It's so important. And I would like
1: to invite in also compassion, mm-hmm. you know? So when you do react, because we're human <laughs> as much as we want to live in this elevated state of perfection, right? We are human. You are human. So could you give yourself compassion and ask yourself, what was that trigger? Like maybe like get specific. Why did I start to raise my voice? What, like, not just like, Oh, well, he was, you know, making a mess, but there was, there's something there because it triggers something. And that's why you yell. That's why we yell. There's something, oh, you know, 100%
0: and
1: why I do what
0: I do is because it's 100% from our own childhood. Yeah. It's traumas that we've experienced. And right. that's why it's so important for us to get help and do our inner work. Yeah. Because the triggers are always something that brings up something that we felt inadequate or we're worried that, oh, does this mean he will be mean? Right. <laughs> you know, he, you know, like this in particular, he hit me. So then my fear is, oh my God, my son is a hitter, right? Like it's not the case. It's a one, you know, but you're, we allow these fears and then, oh, what will society think? My son hit me, you know? And it's really not that complicated. It's, he's four, he doesn't know how to control his emotions and I need to help him with
1: that. Right. Yes, thousand but- And when that happens, it's like. Like you said, it's not the actual act of what the child's doing, what your son is doing, but it's what it's triggering inside of you. So yeah, but- like for me, probably when I have a child, if he hit me, I would go, oh my God, back to my childhood when I was hit. That's where my brain goes, unless I've dealed with that trauma, unless I've already healed it and worked with that inner little girl in me. You know what I mean? So again, when that comes back to yelling, I'm not being heard, I'm not being seen. And so it's like, like if you haven't living. gotten a handle on all of those things, that's where our brain goes. It's it's what okay. you said
0: about compassion is also a right on because you said it's not like you can live in this perfect spiritual higher level, you know, level all the time. Yeah, and, and, and even if you've healed things, you might still go back and it's a constant flow, right? Like, <laughs> And I think compassion is, is really important, mamas. Like, go easy on yourself. I mean, even non-mamas listening to this, I do have some. We just need to be compassionate people on ourselves and others. We're all going through something.
1: Yes, agreed right? a thousand percent. You know, it's, okay. it's such a beautiful, um, we are, as I'm sure this is a familiar uh, saying, You know, we are spiritual beings having a human being experience. So remind yourselves, remind ourselves, myself, we are human. How can we commit to our highest self or recommit when we find ourselves in a lower vibration? How can I recommit to getting back into my higher being? And that's it. Beautiful.
0: Okay. Well, I really have enjoyed our chat. I always feel like we could talk forever. I know. Um, Before we leave is there any one piece of advice that you would want to give my boss mamas as it pertains to anything we've discussed or anything we haven't discussed that you think is really important for their journey and their spiritual awakening
1: i would like to share that uh There are levels and I'll use the word confidence because I think we can all kind of relate to that word, but there's levels, right? There's a level of how you show up, how you show up in your life, how you show up in the room at your workspace, how you show up, you know, in, in external situations. And then, then that's, that's a part of it. And then the other level is who you surround yourself with, who you, your, your immediate friends, your family, your partner, your children, and are they supporting you? And that helps build confidence to be, you know, your best version of yourself. And then ask yourself if all of those things, your hobbies, your job, your uh your family, your friends, the closest things to you were to dissipate. Are you still confident in who you are as an from an internal experience? So working on that inner child and letting her be seen and heard and loved and trusted and safe and all the things. Because God forbid but I feel that many of us would fall apart if all of our externals were removed. We wouldn't know who we were anymore. Our identity would be so confused. Our identity would be so like, uncertain because we do put a lot on our external. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a partner at a job or firm or whatever. You know what I mean? So who am I without all of that? Who am I? and go inward to build up that confidence, that connection to, I am worthy, I am love, I am strong, I am, I am magical, I am majestic, I am queen, I'm a goddess. I'm all of this from inside of me, regardless of my external. It is a beautiful piece
0: of advice, ladies. So work on your inner self, get really, really comfortable with all parts of you and know that all parts of you are beautiful. No part is broken. It's beautiful and it is exactly the way that it should be for your life, for your experience, for your soul to experience the highest awakening. So I really love that, Amy. Thank you. Thank Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, thank you to everyone listening. I really hope that you found some insights and new perspective from our discussion. And the very, very minimum, please practice that box breathing because that is a really good takeaway um, to help calm yourself in the juggle of boss mama life. Until the next episode of Boss Mama's Mindset, I'm sending you love, light, and imagination. And I look forward to hearing from you in the comments what resonated the most. And please leave us a rating. We would love to know how you, how you resonated with this episode and the podcast in general. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Amy. Bye, ladies. Thanks for listening.